What is up, Ottawa baseball fans? I'm your host, Justin Carpenter, and thank you for joining me on our inaugural episode of 613 Baseball. I have a good first episode for you guys lined up today, as I will have the founder and president of the Capital City Reds, Ruck Segain, joining me today to speak a little bit about his program. Uh, we will also dive into our shiny new toy here in Ottawa, the Ottawa Titans uh, professional baseball team and the Frontier League and how that will impact uh, professional baseball here in Ottawa. We will also um, give you a couple of tips and tricks for the youngsters out there uh, from me uh, as well as from Ruck with how to improve your game uh, in this COVID time as well as during the offseason, getting ready for the season. But first, a little bit about myself. Um, I played locally uh, in Little League and in travel ball with uh, Canterbury, South Ottawa, then followed by the Ottawa Knights when I could play travel ball. Uh, That led into a illustrious college career where I joined Erie Community College and was part of a College World Series team there uh, before joining Viterbo as my final university of, uh, of ball. I also played locally in the men's league here as well with the Ottawa Panthers. So let's get started and let's talk Ottawa Titans baseball. Uh, and look again, there's another inaugural season for professional baseball in Ottawa. And I say another because since the Ottawa Lynx, it's just been a revolving door of professional baseball. Uh, we've had the Rapids, we've had the Fat Cats, we've had uh, the Champions, and now the Titans. What makes this different than any of the other three that we had previously since the early 2000s and the Ottawa Lynx before they got stripped from the Montreal Expos to be Baltimore Orioles and then the Philadelphia Phillies purchased their rights and then moved them to where they currently are now, the Iron Pigs. So I'll go back to my question. What is different with the Titans versus all the other leagues since the Lynx? Well, number one, ownership. This team has a very, very good ownership group um, with local um, ownership through and through. Uh, First off, you've got Sam Katz. Who is Sam Katz? Sam Katz is the owner for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Very successful franchise out in the Midwest. um, Have been around for a very, very long time. Um, They... They actually started out as the Ottawa, uh, as the sorry Montreal Expos AAA team before Ottawa came in and before they relocated it to Ottawa. So right there gives you a little bit of a sense of that history of baseball in Winnipeg and with this owner. Um, from '94 to the present, they're an independent league uh, in the Midwest. Uh, very, very successful franchise. Uh, very, very successful. When I was in the Midwest, that was actually one of the teams that I actually followed. When I was at Viterbo University, um, looking at the the independent ball, all the independent leagues that you find in the Midwest with no real major league baseball talent, they were up there and they're among the, the tops of the leagues. So he has a very storied franchise behind him that he has owned and brings that knowledge and that uh, experience of owning a Canadian small market Canadian team. Because let's be honest, if he can make a team work in Winnipeg, 
he can make a team work anywhere. And I'm glad that he's coming on board and helping out with the professional scene here in Ottawa. Especially partnering with the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group, OSEG. A um, little bit about them is they own the CFL team Red Blacks, the OHL team 67s. The, I'm not sure what league they are, bas- professional basketball, basketball league, Blackjacks. Uh, Ottawa FC um, with good relationships with not only the fan base but the city as well. So they bring that that collaboration in and great collaboration right there between Oseg and um, Sam Katz. And that will bring that experience as well as that knowledge and that relationship uh, in this to build a successful ownership group as well as a successful team here in Ottawa. Um and OSEG also brings another thing that I'm gonna come up, I'm gonna touch base on a little bit later, and that is media presence. Um, one of the big things that uh, I find that they need is that media presence. But again, I'm gonna touch base on that a little bit later. The second thing that makes this iteration of a professional baseball team different than any of the previous three is the. Frontier League versus the Can-Am League. Um, Frontier League in 2019 bought the Can-Am League. Can-Am League was, don't get me wrong, a very, very competitive and good independent league for baseball. And it, it did have some good talents. There's a few, there's actually a couple Blue Jays that came out of the independent league. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But they, that league was actually a very successful league in terms of product-wise. Financially, it was not. It was a very red-driven league. Uh, they did not make profits very often. They they were actually very negative. In fact, the owner of the the commissioner of the league, as well as the owner of the champions, was not financially successful in Ottawa or in the league itself because the it was just the nature of the beast for that league. The fact that they continued on for as long as they did was great um, and provided good talent, good baseball to it. But that is a big difference with the Frontier League. The Frontier League is backed by Major League Baseball as a developmental league. Um, A lot of coaches and players have come out of this league here and gone on to being in both Major League as well as what I like to call the letter development leagues like single A, double A, triple A. They bring that experience as well in terms of the league with that partnership with Major League Baseball. So that's a great thing as well for uh, the Titans is you don't have that uncertainty as if the league is going to fail and flop uh, at year's end. So right there with with those two factors in place, um, this makes the Titans' success here in Ottawa very different than the last three, almost like what we saw with the Ottawa Lynx um, in terms of success, in in terms of support by the ownership. Um, With that being said, there's still chances of fail and stuff like that. And there is some stuff that the Titans still need to do. They've gone some, taken some good steps in terms of their ownership in the league that they're in. But there's still a lot that needs to get done here at the groundwork in Ottawa before they are fully comfortable in the city and I can fully say that we have a permanent professional baseball team here in Ottawa so let's get into those um, what they need to do to be successful Um, one of the big things is to draw the crowd they need to have that crowd presence um, coming in 
advantage of being right next to the new uh, LRT as well as via rail and having that walking bridge going above the highway going from the train stations to the park very advantageous for the the titans and that will help with getting uh, the consumers to the park to watch the game because that transport was something that was very lacking in the past um no only really one bus service going there there wasn't any special buses back with the links they had a partnership with oc transport where just like the ottawa senators you had that transportation to the game you mm-hmm. had three four buses going to the game and and lining up to to pick people up coventry road was lined up with buses um outside of uh kaufman kaufman field or now known as rcgt park you had that lineup just like at the sense games for bus drivers to pick up fans the parking was a better solution better back in the day with the to draw the crowd that was a big thing as well as losing that parking is what killed the links so that's something that needs to be worked on as well is that parking at the park you've got paid parking you've got a limited amount of parking spots and the amount of parking spots that are there are not enough to fill the stadium back in the before the hotel and the the conference center was there you had the amount of space there to park enough fans to make it to the stadium. So something needs to come out coming, whether it's with the retail shops on the other side of the stadium, whether it's with the hotel itself and using their parking garage, something needs to get done in order to open up the parking to be able to allow more fans to show up. Now, once the train, the light, the subway is available from one end of town to the other, that will also help, especially with the train station being right on the other side of the walking bridge that will help so that is what they need to do in terms of getting the fans to the parks is getting that deal with oc transpo getting that parking situation fixed at the park doing that to be able to just fill the seats that are there let alone adding more seats to having more people let's just fill the seats that are there right now Uh, and those are the little things that need to get done the second thing, and what I find is the most important thing, and this is where OSEG is going to play a key factor in, is the media. What has killed baseball in Ottawa the last three iterations of professional baseball is the media. Back when the Lynx were here, we had TV coverage. We had them on every game on Rogers 22. Those were available for the consumer to watch those that could not make it to the game back in the day when there were sellouts where where you couldn't get tickets to the game that was how they got the consumer across now with everything going on with covid with the potential of not being able to play a game in uh canada in ottawa that they need to be able to keep the momentum going of all this excitement with the fans and give the fans a product whether it's on the radio or TV, just give the fans a product to have. And that's where OSEG and their partnership with TSN for broadcasting 67's games, Red Black's games, they will be able to bridge that gap that we have in terms of content. Um, I don't care if it's on TSN 1200 or another Bell Media um, radio station, but we need to have it. It's it's tough enough to keep it up, keep up with 
just social media. And don't get me wrong, the Titans are doing a great job with their social media. Social media is not something that I'm worried about with the Titans. They're all over the place. You've got a lot of fans that are super excited that are retweeting and sharing their content. They're coming out every other day with a new signing, with an update. They're also giving you updates as to the teams they're playing. Uh, the other day, they posted a, a blurb about Erie, Lake Erie uh, Crushers, which aren't even in their division, but are they are going to be playing against them, and they are in the league. So it's driving content like that, is giving us the content. And that is one thing that so far since the announcement of the Ottawa Titans, since all that has come in, we have very little uh, exposure to it in the media. We have their social media page, that's it. We have this podcast that I'm starting, that's it. We need to be able to get that content, to consume this content with in other means and year-round. It's not something that only on game days or only when something special happens. Like last year, the only time I heard about the champions was when Philippe Beaumont threw a perfect game. That can't, we cannot have that. We we need to have content to be able to have this league and this team succeed. So that is, in my opinion, what this team needs to do. Um, the last thing is, and of and of course, this is the big thing for the success of the team this year. Um, is will there be a season? Um. So I talk about the fans and I talk about having fans going to the games and, and that advantage and everything like that. But the, the fact of the matter is, that's only if we're even going to have a season here in Ottawa. Um, and that's why I'm saying that the media portion is probably the most important thing because it gives us that content. It gives us the, it feeds the fuel to the fire of the, the excitement of professional baseball here in Ottawa. So... Here, the schedules come out for the for the Titans, and they start out with their first game in Tri City, New York, um, on the twenty seventh of May for a two game mini two game set before coming back to Canada. Um, now, here's where it becomes tricky. They have five games in Canada, split between three at RCGT mm-hmm. and two in Quebec City, where they play against the Egg of Trois Rivières and the Quebec City Capitals, um, their Canem rivals that made their way over. Um, but then they go to Sussex right after. So back to the U.S. So this is where it becomes tricky and where either A, um, the three Canadian teams in terms of Ottawa, Quebec, and Trois-Rivières are going to follow the route of the Blue Jays and adopt a city in the U.S. uh, for the season or for the beginning of the season at the very least um, and play out of there. Or B, for the beginning of the season, all the games are going to be against those three teams in Canada, traveling across Canada until everything is border-wise is lifted and cross-border travel is, a, is there and everyone is vaccinated. But then we still have the risk of not being able to do cross-border travel for the entire summer. So what I think is going to happen is that um, the three Canadian teams are going to adopt a home city in the U.S., for this season, do like the Blue Jays are doing, play out of the U.S. Next season will be the actual inaugural season here in Ottawa. So, that being said, I'm excited for this season. I just hope that we get that content that we want um, because that's what's going to drive us to being able to have that successful team.
me now is Rak Segay. Uh, he is the president and founder of the Capital City Reds, a uh, baseball organization, uh, amateur baseball organization here in Ottawa. Uh, Rak, how are you doing? Doing very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Carp. Really appreciate it. Uh, I like what you're doing, man. This is uh, this is good for the for baseball in the region for sure. Yeah, I, I figured that there's not much coverage for baseball at all, whether it's a professional or amateur level, and I figured that we better get that, um, especially now that we got the new uh, professional baseball team. Uh, but before we get into things, how how have you been? How's COVID been for you and uh, and the family? Well, I mean, we uh, we went through a rough stretch uh, at the end of last year in um, October, where uh, my wife and I actually uh, we got COVID. Um, but uh, the symptoms weren't too bad, so I mean, we we ended up getting through it. And uh, lucky enough, my my son didn't get it, uh, my daughter didn't get it, so uh, we got through it. Uh, we're both uh, vaccinated now, so um, hopefully uh, things keep going in the right direction. But uh, I mean, we do uh, we're doing what we can, like everybody else. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely not easy, but uh, we're staying positive in these tough times. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, oh, how was it when you, you got it? You said that you didn't have uh, very strong symptoms or anything like that, and, and luckily your your kids didn't get it. Um, but what did you guys do? Because we, I, as we're recording this, we actually found out that uh, someone from the funeral we were at um, had tested positive. So we're we're not sure if we we have it or not. We're going to wait till uh, a couple more days, uh, like public health is recommending. But how was it for, for you and all that going through yeah, that? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it all started where uh, it, it was at my work. One of my clients actually got it. and um, But at my work, we, uh, we, I worked in group homes. So, I mean, at that time, I mean, we were all, like, fully fully dressed where, uh, you know, with the mask, the goggles, uh, the astronaut suit. So, I mean, ne- never in my right mind did I think I was actually going to – gonna catch it at that time right so uh came back home yeah uh my wife was actually feeling a little bit uh under the weather um lasted a couple days so she decided to go get tested and uh on the day she decided to get tested i decided to go with her so um so went with her Uh, at the time i didn't have any symptoms uh we both got tested we got a phone call uh two days later saying that we actually both had it um so i mean for myself, the symptoms, uh, I mean, it was pretty much – I was tired for about three days where uh, I didn't really want to do much, uh, didn't have any energy, um, had a little bit of a migraine. Um, but besides that, I was pretty lucky when it comes to that stuff. And, I mean, my wife's the same way. Uh, I mean, she was pretty lucky as well. But, um, yeah, things uh, things got, got better real quick. So, I mean, we were lucky uh, – with uh, with the symptoms that other people are getting, I mean, we definitely we're in the right place, and we got uh, we got through it uh, as a family. So that's good. That's good. Um, so yeah. So on a on a brighter note. Um, so, wow. What about you? Like this Capital City Reds. This is a organization that you started what five years ago. Um. To be exact, I mean, last year was kind of a, an off year, but uh, we actually – we're going into our seventh year now. Um, so, I mean, for, uh, oh, geez, yeah. 
for the first uh, four years, uh, we had a summer collegiate team. That's what we started with. Um, and then after the – when we got to our fifth year, that's when we started adding some um, some younger teams. So we started with a, a U-17 team that we added on. Um, and then last year, uh, we added a U-16. And now starting in the fall, we're adding another U-15 and U-14 program. Um, and this nice, all comes nice. back to uh, demand. Um, we're getting a lot of phone calls asking if we can add some teams. So, I mean – it's uh, it's definitely stuff that we want to keep growing. So I mean, we feel like it's uh, it's the right time. Well, it's the whole competitive lens too, right? Like it's the same thing with hockey. I find baseball's finally starting to grow that way, where it's no longer little league. Like, yeah, you've got your little league kids for those that just want to play with friends and stuff. But kids nowadays are also getting a lot more competitive, um, and want to be part of a competitive organization and they have that all over the place with hockey even the my house league teams like canterbury hockey they went to full-on competitive so that demand is starting to get there isn't it i believe so i mean um literally it's not like uh i mean i'm i'm 41 years old now so i mean when i played literally back in the day it was the baseball landscape was very very different i mean uh people would actually play literally throughout and uh, pretty much so they were probably about 15 or 16 and then would catch on with uh, one of the elite teams in the city. Um, but, I mean, nowadays, uh, Little League is kind of it's kind of fading away slowly. Um, I'd say over the age of 13, right? It's still it's still very present at the younger age groups, which is, I mean, very it's a very good idea. Um, and I'm totally for it. Uh, I've had very good experiences with Little League growing up. So, I mean, I think it's a very good idea. But once you get to a certain point, I believe – I think 14 years old is a good age where uh, you you start to decide whether or not you want to try to go further in baseball and try to improve yourself in that sport or if you just want to play for fun, right? And uh, I think in Ottawa what's fun is that there's there's a unique opportunity where there there is three, four, five clubs that offer an opportunity to play, you know, at – Kind of like at the at the next level, so the you know people can actually choose what uh, what best suits them. So, uh, just to recap, I'm uh, speaking with Raksay Gay, the founder and president of the Capital City Reds. Um, now, you mentioned uh, four or five uh, competitive clubs here in Ottawa. Um, now, back in the day when when we were kids, uh, like I'm dating, I'm dating, like you're older than me, but I'm dating myself as well here because, like you said, little league. Um, you had up until you were like 14, 15, 16 before you decided whether or not you wanted to go with the, one of the two city clubs that we have here and had here in Ottawa with the uh, Nepean Canadians and the uh, Ottawa uh, Knights. But, um, and even in Little League, you played your spring ball and then summer ball, which that was your competitive. Now, like you said, at 13, 14, does that reflect more to wanting to go to college? I mean, it it honestly depends. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of the other clubs. Um, I mean, I did play, I did play for ONC and I did play for the Knights uh, growing up as, as you know, I mean, those were the only two teams that were, uh, were available at that time. Um, Now there's more options with, uh, you know, with Watson Academy, uh, with the Capital City Reds, and um, 
So I mean, if you if you look at every club, every club's unique in a sense that they they offer something different. Okay, so I mean, I mean, I think the most important thing for for parents and kids is to really do their their research and actually look at exactly what what every club is is willing uh, to offer. Right? I mean, it comes down to coaching staff and and schedule and and showcase and you know the amount of kids that they're able to place. Uh, whether it be in Canadian universities or colleges or American universities or colleges. So, I mean, it's all, it all comes down to what exactly they're looking for. Um, some clubs practice more than others. Um, like I said, I mean, I can speak on behalf of my club. I mean, for the other clubs, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know them well enough for me to, to sit here and compare, uh, but I know that we all have yeah. something, something different. And I think there's, there's room for, uh, for every team in the city. For sure. Now, um, and that's that's exactly where uh, what I'm enjoying, what I'm liking too in this is that it, the city's growing, and I've and now that there's more clubs here in Ottawa and, sh- and showing up, and it seems like every day I'm seeing that a new club uh, being posted in the Ottawa area, whether it's in the in Ottawa itself in the city, or you go out to Cornwall, Brockville, uh, Kingston. Like you, you've got all this Ottawa, Carlton area. That is just booming, and that's not mentioning the the Quebec side that have their midget AAA, midget AA systems uh, over there. They're on a whole other level. But for you, let's go back. Let's go to to, to you a little bit more. Uh, what motivated you to to creating the Capital City Reds? Because you did something that is different than any other of the cities, regardless if it was the original ONC or Ottawa Knights. You went for a collegiate-based uh, team out of Ottawa, which had never been done before. So what motivated you to doing that? Well, I mean, if we, uh, if we go before I actually started the, the Reds, I coached on the Quebec side for, uh, for five years. Um, I, I started mm-hmm. at the midget AAA level, uh, coached there for uh, – sorry, for four years I was on the Quebec side. So I coached there for three years at the midget AAA level, and then uh, I got a – I got asked to coach the junior elite uh, for one year. Uh, so I did that for four years. Um, I coached the Quebec provincial team one year uh, at the national championships. Nice. And then um, then after my junior elite year, I just decided to start my own thing uh, where I felt like uh, we, we had enough connections as a group uh, to try to help kids in the Ottawa area uh that want to go further in baseball, that want to try to go to college, right? Or guys that are in college mm-hmm. and uh, they, they want to keep playing when they get back home. Um, so, I mean, that's when we decided to, to start our own thing. So, I mean, the whole coaching staff that we had at the junior league level kind of made the switch over to the Reds. And uh, that's how it all started. Um, and by doing that, I mean, my, my mindset too was, I mean, I wasn't, starting this college, the summer collegiate team, just to have one team and not, and not grow. I mean, I was always, my long-term plans were always to, to have this summer collegiate team and kind of grow from there. So start from the top and start going, going downwards with uh, younger age groups. Um, for me, it, all, it always started with, uh, with the coaches. So if we had the right coaches in place, I was definitely willing to put teams together. Um, so, I mean – it took us four years uh, before we actually decided to, to add a U at the time it was a U 17 program. Um, and that's when we were, we were approached by, um, 
by Alex Gagne, uh, Alex Gagne, Jason Coker, and Austin Marcellus at the time, uh, who had the Capital City Football nice. Academy. And uh, they're the ones that kind of we, we kind of put things together, and they had a core of players that were looking for a place to play. Uh, so it just seemed like it was the right fit. And, and that's how we kind of started growing and uh, going under the banner where we started, you know, getting younger. And, uh, I mean, as the, years, as the years went by, and, I mean, we're a team that uh, we do a lot of stuff in the community. So we give back a lot. So, I mean, uh, a lot of the younger programs, whether it be a Little League or even, um, even some OBA teams, uh, they started seeing what we're all about. And uh, I was actually getting a lot of feedback about, about growing the program even more. Um, so I was never one to, to jump on, you know, growing the program with four, five, six teams at once. I always wanted to take it slow to make sure we did it correctly. And, uh, I mean, that's where we're at. So, I mean, seven years later, we're up to, we're up to five teams now. So, I mean, uh, we're, uh, we're definitely proud and we're happy of where we're at right now. That's awesome. Now, what you mentioned uh, giving back to the community, and one of the things I meant I saw when I was doing a little bit of digging on on the Reds uh, and your website is your special needs program. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I say we have five teams, but I mean that's that's another team that we're adding uh, uh, starting this year. So I mean, it's it's actually six teams, um, and this is something that uh, I have a young boy who uh, who has Down syndrome. And uh, he just turned 13 uh, this year. And uh, it was always something I wanted to do for him. Um, and I, I'm a big supporter of the Miracle League in Ottawa. Uh, brought him to the field a couple times and uh, love the people that are in charge over there. They're doing great things. Um, so, I mean, with my son and his class and the people that surround us with uh, people who have disabilities, I mean, it was always something that, I, you know, every time I'd, I'd meet the groups, I was always like, well, now, one of these years when Nathan gets to a certain age, I will definitely start some for you guys. And uh, so anyways, he got the, he got the 13 years old this year and he loves baseball. And he's a big fan. And uh, so I'm doing it for him, but I'm also doing it for all his friends and all the people that, uh, that are interested. So it's, uh, it's something that they're not going to necessarily play games against uh, any other teams, but it will be um, eight sessions where they show up at the Miracle League field and uh, my players are actually going to give back. So there's going to be players from every age group that come to the field, and they'll be accompanying uh, one of the kids with, uh, with disabilities and uh, putting them through a, a baseball setting for a couple hours. And the parents can, uh, can sit back and look at their kids uh, having a blast playing, uh, playing baseball. That's awesome. And, and uh, I noticed that uh, you're building a new website and everything like that. So everything, all that information for those that want to uh, have a look at that will all be available on uh, your, your website, correct? Yes. Uh, www.ccredsbaseball.com. So uh, it's a new website from, uh, from this year. And uh, yeah, all the information is on there. If uh, for every level, if people want to, register for the tryouts or uh, learn about the programs. Uh, everything's up there. And if there's something missing, I mean, they can definitely send us an email or give us a shout and we'll definitely uh, be more than happy to, to speak with them. Perfect. And once again, I'm uh, speaking with Gang, the founder and uh, president of Capital City Reds. Um, once again, that website was ccredsbaseball.com. Uh, uh, and yeah, 
So uh, one of the big things, especially for your specific program that I do want to mention, because you, like you said, you've only been in existence for seven years. However, nine players from your program have signed pro contracts. How proud are you about that? It's, uh, it's pretty incredible, to be honest. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those things where we uh, – it, it's all come from the, uh, the summer collegiate team. And uh, it's kind of a way that we sell our program is we, we try to get uh, players that play at the junior college level. So for the most part, we get freshmen and sophomores that come play for us. And uh, when we do get uh, juniors and seniors, um, we do tell them that when they do come over, uh, we're going to do our best to try to help them get to the next level. So, I mean, if they're done school and they want to keep playing baseball – well, I mean, there's opportunities overseas. Uh, there's a lot of uh, independent leagues. Uh, we're not talking about um, affiliated baseball because, I mean, affiliated baseball, as you know, is, is one of those things where a lot of things have to come into place, and a lot of times it happens at a young age. Yeah. So, I mean, when you get uh, you know, to 20, 21, 22 years old, I mean, sometimes you got to go a different route. So, I mean, uh, the nine players that have signed have signed with uh, independent league teams. Um uh, awesome Marcellus, who uh, who was one of our coaches, actually signed. He was our first guy to sign with uh, with the Ottawa Champions, uh, and this was um, yeah, this was what three four years ago, and uh, he ended up playing with them uh, on a contract. Uh, but we had guys that played. And, and there's nothing wrong with signing independent. Sorry, because there's nothing wrong with signing independent. Like I like I mentioned earlier in my podcast. Um, the the cha- champions and uh, like the Can Am League and the Frontier League, especially um, plugging in the Ottawa Titans here, um, the Can the the Frontier League itself is a great feeder league to what I like to call letter um, minor league ball, letter minor league ball like Triple A, Double A, Single A. Like it's a great feeder league. A lot like you mentioned, a lot of the guys that are drafted in the MLB, and this is for you parents out there that are listening to this for your kids. A lot of the players that are in the major leagues were scouted from the ages of 13 years old. Uh, were throwing 100 miles an hour at the age of 16 years old. Like the, these kids are freaks of nature that are that get drafted in the in the major leagues right now. So don't worry about your kids not getting drafted. It don't pressure them into that. And because, like Rock said, the they're still going pro baseball. They're still getting paid to do the sport that they love to play. I wish I had this available for, uh, when I was in, in college at, the, at that point. And you're doing great things. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a great way of, of going about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned um, the Titans and stuff and, and, pro, and the Can-Am League. But one of the big struggles that Ottawa have Ottawa has had over the past years is keeping a professional baseball team in Ottawa. Um, what do you, th- what have you done to um, through social media and stuff? And, and what do you have as in terms of being able to promote players to these pro leagues um, that you think that the, the Titans need to have to be successful here in Ottawa? Well, I mean, Baseball in Ottawa, like you said, I mean, it's been it's been a tough gig when it comes to staying around for a long time. Um, I, I think I think the biggest thing is uh, is trying to get players uh, that are local um, that people know 
that can actually relate to uh, that. I think that'll be able that'll that'll get more fans out to the games. Um, if you look, uh, I mean, this is even before before the champions. There was uh, an Ottawa Fat Cats team who played uh, inter county baseball, which is it's a semi pro league, mm-hmm. um, still considered uh, amateur baseball for the most part uh, in the Toronto area. And I saw I saw the stadium packed at at some of these games, and the reason being, yeah, if you look at the team, I think it was probably about what seventy five percent were local players that played college ball and that came back and played for the Fat Cats, and they had a couple of guys from uh, from the states and from uh, from you know other provinces. But I mean, for the most part, it was it was local guys, right? So. Uh, I mean, a lot of the, yeah, yeah, I the guys that were on that team. Yeah, so I mean, uh, a lot of people wanted to come see the the people that they know play, and I mean, they're playing in the stadium, and it was very professionally run. Uh, they played in a good league, so I mean, I think if if uh, if I had a piece of you know some piece of piece of advice for the Titans, it would probably be that. I mean, it'd probably be you know to try to get the best. Uh, best local guys to, to sign here. And I think the champions did that as well when they had, you know, they had Seb Boucher and I mean, Seb Boucher is still with the Titans. Uh, Filippo Mall played with the champions for a bit. Um, and there's probably a couple guys uh, that were around as well that I'm, I'm just uh, forgetting, but I mean, they, they did have some local flavor and uh, I think that's very important in, uh, in the Ottawa baseball landscape when it comes to bringing a pro team here. Um, if it's not, See, you, know, you mentioned two names that I that I mentioned earlier. You mentioned two names that I mentioned earlier, and Philip Amon said Boucher, um, especially Philip Amon, because what I my word of advice that I mentioned earlier for the Titans was uh, to get the media involved, and the partnership with OSEG that they have opens up that avenue with TSN twelve hundred, the local radio station here. Because that is that is probably the thing that I I feel that is was lacking the most with not only the cha- the champions but you mentioned the Fat Cats that had packed stadiums every single game or even I go back to the the early two thousand the nineties and the early two thousands with the Ottawa Lynx and having packed stadiums but they caved because of other reasons. Um, but go back to the Fat Cats and and the Titans, we had packed, or the champions, we had packed house, especially during that playoff run with the champions. But there was no media attention. The only time I ever heard the champions on the radio was when Philippe Beaumont pitched a perfect game and they spent all of 15 minutes on it. Yeah, There's nothing on the radio or nothing in the media for baseball in Ottawa. And I think that is why most of the, the last three iterations of professional baseball in Ottawa or semi-professional baseball in Ottawa failed because there was no media attention. Yeah. I, I honestly, I agree with you. Uh, you don't hear a lot about it. I mean, I remember when, uh, I mean, even when the links were here, I mean, it's, uh, it was hard to know when they were actually playing in the city, unless you drove by the stadium and you saw the lights on and, oh, there must be a game going on tonight. Right. So, uh, so it's, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I, I truly believe that if they get, you know, media attention uh you know whether it be like what we're doing today a podcast like a regular podcast going on where you get to learn about the players and you know you familiarize yourself with them a little bit more i think i think people will probably jump uh jump to come see them uh see them play a little more so i mean i I hope to god the titans stay here for forever i mean it's uh 
it's good for the, the city to have a pro team here. Um, I mean, I, I definitely want them staying around. We got a beautiful stadium. I mean, there's nothing better. We do. You know, going to see a ball game when there's you know not a cloud in the sky and a beautiful day, and you have a you know a hot dog and a beer, and you're watching good baseball. So I mean, hopefully they can stick around and we can find a way to you know to pack the place again. See now. I found something out real quick, uh, just a segue here from something I mentioned earlier, but Sam Katz is uh, part of the ownership group for the Ottawa Titans. Um, and did you know that the Winnipeg Gold Eyes um, used to be the AAA affiliate of the Montreal Expos until the Ottawa Lynx took over in, in the 70s? I didn't, I didn't know that far back, but I mean, uh, I know that the Winnipeg Gold Eyes have, uh, have something special going on over there. I know they were part of affiliate ball for a bit. And then became uh, independent, um, but uh, I wasn't—I didn't know about the Expos part, but that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I spoke with uh, Sam Katz yeah. on a couple of occasions, yeah. and I mean, uh, he's got he's got great ideas, and I think he's going to bring a lot to the city. Perfect. Uh, now back to uh, once again, I'm speaking with uh, Ruxe Gain, the uh, president and founder of uh, Capital City Reds. Now back to the uh, new divisions that uh, that your organization. Uh, well, now now we can properly call you guys an organization now because you're no longer just what two, you were two teams before with the U17 and the collegiate, um, but now you're adding in a. Uh, uh, U16, uh, correct? Well, U16, we started last fall, but uh, starting fall of 2021, uh, we're adding a U15 and a U14 as well. So, yeah, so now tell us more about that and uh, where parents can find, uh, once again, information on, on that new program that's, uh, that's starting out um, and what information that they need to know so that to really make a proper uh, education as to what your organization gives out more uh, that other organizations across Ottawa uh, don't offer. Well, I mean, for us, it all comes down to development. Okay. And uh, I keep harping on uh, the type of coaches we have. Um, all of our coaches uh, from top to bottom have all been guys that have either played at the collegiate level or played professional baseball. So, I mean, we, uh, we definitely have high standards when it comes to the people that we, we choose to, to, bring on, to bring on board. Um, so, I mean, all that comes down to development. So, player development is number one for us. Uh, wins and losses are definitely uh, a far number two. Um, we, don't, uh, we don't harp on that until, until you get to the ages of even at the 18U program. That's when we start to, to really harp on the, you know, the, the competitive aspect and trying to win – every ball game, right? So, I mean, you want those guys going into college ball and being being ready with that winning mentality. Um, and so, I mean, my, my summer collegiate as well, we definitely play every game to win. Um, but, I mean, as a U14, U15, and even U16 levels, um, for us, it's all preparing these guys and uh, making sure they're ready to, to compete at a, at a higher level. Uh, we, we definitely want them – we don't harp on – on college right away, uh, not at that age. Uh, what we really harp on is really, you know, work ethic and making sure that they're doing the right things to get better, uh, making sure they stay healthy uh, for a long period of time. It's not about, you know, throwing 80 miles an hour at, uh, at 15 and then, you know, your arm hurting for the next uh, six months. So, I mean, uh, we're trying to put the right things in place, 
uh, for them to succeed and uh, and get better. Um, we do we do put them in situations where they they are going to uh, to compete and see uh, see some some high level baseball because I mean when you when you're in a city like uh, like Ottawa for say I mean when you're when you're the best player around here and you haven't been outside of Ottawa and you don't go you know down south and play some big teams well you think the best baseball is here right so I mean it's it's what you see uh, so if you if you're the best guy here, you think you're the best, right? So we're trying to we're trying to get the kids exposed uh, to what to what baseball down south and uh, uh, I mean even across across the United States is really about. So I mean we we put them in perfect game tournaments. Uh, there's a new um, a new showcase tournament, um, not not league, but. Uh, I guess business starting, we could say it's called uh, Prospect Select, which is uh, pretty much at the same level as uh, Perfect Game now. Uh, and they put tournaments. Yeah, they've been they've been getting really, really big now. I mean, it's uh, they're they're pretty much like eye to eye with uh, with Perfect Game when it comes to the tournaments they put together. Um, so I mean, like this summer, if uh, if uh, we're, we're able to do it in July, I mean, we're going uh, to Prospect Select Tournament in Indiana, and then we're going to North Carolina to finish off the summer. Um, so, I mean, the tournaments we go to are definitely big tournaments, so they get they get to see uh, what it's all about. Uh, they, they get to, to play in front of a bunch of scouts because uh, these tournaments, I mean, I saw it uh, last year at a perfect game event where uh, our guys are playing in front of about 30 scouts with radar guns. So, I mean – it's uh, it's very different from what they what they're used to, but I think, I think getting them out at a younger age, uh, and getting them exposed to this, uh, it just it gets them ahead of the ahead of the ball, right? So instead of getting in front of thirty scouts for the first time at eighteen, or you're getting in front of them at, at fourteen or fifteen, right? So, uh, you're getting your name out. Um, so for us, it's all about that. I mean, we don't uh, like I said, we don't we don't harp on uh on promising stuff to get to the next level or uh, getting to college. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you every, every avenue and every tool uh, and every chance for you to get there. Um, and then it, it becomes, you know, it becomes in the kids' hands of how hard they want to work and, you know, and how much, uh, how much time they want to put into this to get there. Uh, but we definitely uh, like our number one goal is definitely to, to help these kids get better. Uh, grow as baseball players, and I mean, who knows what happens next, right? Hundred percent. Now, I I do remember Prospect Select because me personally, I didn't go Perfect Game. I went Prospect Select uh, for my college recruiting, um, and I I actually that program was amazing. Like it wasn't on the same level at that time with with Perfect Game. Um, like I didn't have like those nice jerseys that Perfect Game got, like majestic jerseys and stuff. But we had good good uh coaching and good resources that we had so the to hear that they've come all the way up to the same level as perfect game to start organizing tournaments and stuff is great now you mentioned that you've got some tournaments lined up um you've also announced that uh, you have joined the triple a b a and the perfect game baseball league this summer um how is that going to work with um with everything that happened with is going on with covid right now and the borders being closed uh do you guys have any uh ideas how the season's going to work this year whether it's 
staying in Ottawa, playing around with the uh, Ottawa region, going out to Toronto. How what's going to happen? Uh, what's happening this year? What's on, on in the works right now? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to schedule wise, uh, at every level that we have, I mean, we uh, we plan as if it's going to be a normal normal summer, and uh, we make adjustments along the way. I think that's the best way of doing things. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for for myself, I think in the last year we've probably changed the schedule about fifty times. Uh, it's just been just been one of those those crazy years, and it feels like it's going to keep going. But I mean, uh, we're we're definitely doing our best to keep the guys. Uh, keep the guys involved and, uh, and active and whatnot. Um, but we do have – like, our schedule is full right now. Um, I mean, it, it's as if it's going to be a normal year. And like I said, man, until until we get to July where it's it's tournament season, um, if the borders are still closed, and, uh, then we'll make adjustments for July. Uh, we have games lined up for May and June. Um, but when it comes to the – you're talking about triple ABA and, uh, and perfect game. I mean, that was at the summer collegiate level. Uh, unfortunately, our summer collegiate team, we had to make a decision to cancel this year because uh, of the border. Uh, we had to make a decision about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unfortunately that, uh, that team is not happening this summer for the second year in a row. Um, so we had, we had to pull the plug, uh, but we are, um, we are still, uh, in the perfect game for years to come. I mean, we're, we're part of that league now, uh, which is one of the top uh, summer collegiate leagues in uh, North America. Um, I mean, we've been playing a lot of a lot of exhibition games in the past against those teams. And I mean, when when you go to some of these uh, some of these venues, I mean, we're playing in front of uh, two three thousand people at a game, which is pretty cool, right? So uh, they pack uh, yeah. a lot of minor league stadiums and. Uh, and uh, it's really, really good baseball. I mean, uh, we recruit from pretty much all over the world, uh, you know, and from the States. I mean, what's crazy is the state that we actually recruit from the most is uh, is Texas. Uh, we get a lot of really? kids. Yeah, we get a lot of kids from Texas coming down to play. And I mean, their biggest thing is uh, is the weather. I mean, they say, you know, Texas during the summer is, is scorching. and It's very hard to play yeah. baseball, you know, repeatedly, like even – like you're saying, playing one nine inning game is one thing, but when you have to play a double header, like a lot of these kids are saying, it's crazy, right? So, uh, so when oh, they trust me, I went down to the Collegewood series, and I went down to the Collegewood series uh, one year in in Texas, and it was at the end of May. It it got it touched a hundred. Oh yeah, it's, like uh, I was sweating buckets behind the plate. Like I like my coach was trying to pull me at one point because he's saying it's too hot. We we have to switch. I'm like. You're not fucking freaking – sorry for my language. I'll bleep that out. Um, you're not switching me out to, right now. I'm in, we're in the College World Series. I'm not coming out. Yeah. No, I hear but, you. yeah, no, it, got, it touched 100 at the end of May. Like, for those who don't know what 100 is, that would be, like, 40 degrees Celsius. Um, yeah. It was scorching hot, and it was, like, two, three days. We had two games a day. It was insane. But I, I could totally see that with the weather and everything like that. Now, the fact that you guys have gone to the uh, World to the Perfect Game World Series, what five years in a row, doesn't doesn't help a little. I'm going to plug that in there a little bit. Uh, doesn't hurt uh, to draw players in from the U.S., does it? It, um, I mean, it definitely definitely helps, right? I mean, to to get players. Uh, <laughs> I mean, playing at in those big tournaments. I mean, the the Triple ABA. I mean, you brought that up in uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania. We. Uh, we were able to um, to get accepted this year, and um, 
that's that's one of the biggest tournaments when it comes to that age group in in the world. I mean, they uh, actually had ten thousand fans a game there. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Like it, they they pack a stadium, and there's teams from all over the states, and we're the first Canadian team to actually uh, to get accepted there. And uh, I haven't uh, canceled that yet. I mean, that's uh, early August, so depending on where the pandemic is at that time, I mean, um, I might. Uh, I might get half of the, you know, or part of the 18U team that wants to go down there and uh, probably add some uh, some college guys that are in town and and probably go participate just so uh, so we have the the auto team participating year one. But um, well, fingers crossed, yeah. everyone should be vaccinated by the end of July. Yeah, I mean that's what we're hoping for. Right? Yeah, exactly. And then borders will be open, and then all this will go back to normal. Now, um, you mentioned tournaments in the summer plan for the end of summer. You I noticed that you are um, creating the first annual Capital City Reds uh, Showcase Tournament here in Ottawa. That's correct. Uh, we're doing that uh, yeah. Labor, Day, uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, it's it's unique in a sense as well that we um, what we want to do is at the 18U level, because um, we have an 18U level and a 16U uh, level tournament, uh, same weekend. But uh, at the 18 new level, what we're doing is we're half the teams that are that are coming, or um, are college or university teams, um, and they're going to be playing some 18 new programs, and it's kind of a way for the 18 new programs to showcase themselves in front of these teams, right? Um, so we have uh, we have. Uh, so we have so, uh, quickly, I remember doing that when I was in college, uh, playing against uh, some Toronto teams. So it's it's great to see that you guys are doing uh, it in Ottawa. Um, sorry, continue. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know our our 18U program. I mean, we we're talking about Texas earlier. We went to Texas. Uh, it was two years ago, and uh, we played uh, six different JUCOs in Texas. Uh, so I mean, if we're able to do that down there, I don't see why we can't do it with Canadian programs here. And I mean, it'll give the opportunity for guys to see what uh, college and university ball in Canada is all about. And if they like what they see, well then, you know, the coaches are there after the game and, and they can chat. And I think it's, it's a great way of showcasing, but still playing some, uh, some very competitive baseball. So, I mean, uh, that, that was a, the, the major point about getting the U18 uh, tournament going and uh, the U16. Well, I mean, we'll definitely have our, uh, our three teams in there and, um, and, uh, fill it up as well. I mean, it's going to be uh, 12, 12 teams for both uh, both age groups. And where, where are you guys uh, trying, where are you trying to play the games? I know you've been playing most of your games at RCGT Park, uh, but if there is uh, the Titans there, is that going to conflict with anything? Uh, where are you guys going to be playing the, most of the games? Well, we um, I mean, we with allocations in the city and stuff, uh, we pretty much got, got all our, uh, our dates set up. So, I mean, for the most part, our games are played at our CGT. Uh, we do play some games at uh, Heritage Park as well uh, in Orleans. Um, but for the most part, it's at our CGT, and we practice uh, twice a week there as well. So, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much our home park for uh, for the summer. So, once again, I'm speaking with Raksay Gang of the Capital City Reds, president and founder. Um, so, your schedule is usually posted on your website, uh, ccredsbaseball.com. Um, and where you guys are going to be playing, if they want to see the collegiate level or go down and see one of the the, the lower tier, the uh, lower age groups, I should say. 
um, all on there and everything. Uh, and you got good seating with the RCGT and uh, Heritage Parks, um, so they can just go in and walk, catch some amateur baseball if they want. Correct? Absolutely, anytime. I mean, we don't uh, don't co- doesn't cost anything to come watch the games. Uh, it's definitely uh, good baseball, and I mean, I'd love to see uh, see more fans come out and watch uh, watch these kids play. We definitely uh, definitely proud proud of the group. Uh, players that we have right now at the U18 and U16 levels. Uh, there's definitely a lot of talent, and there's a lot of kids that are, uh, especially from the U18 right now, there's a lot of kids that are moving up to college ball uh, starting next year. Uh, so it's definitely some uh, some good baseball that there will be uh, the, that they're playing this summer for sure. Um, and any you mentioned uh, some players going up to the college level. Any players to look out for this season? Um, Throughout the levels, um, any notable players in the U18 that, that we should know as Ottawa baseball fans to look out for potentially in the future? Oh, my. There's uh, there's quite a few players, to be honest. I mean, for me to pick out a couple guys, like a couple guys that, uh, like, from, from last year's team, um, I mean, if you want to go back there, there's, uh, there's Pat, Pat, uh, Pat Mulligan and uh, Jack Mount who played for us. Uh, they actually uh, they they're going on a, a scholarship to uh, Cloud County Community College, a JUCO D1 in uh, in Kansas. Uh, so so they both played for us last summer. Um, but we have some uh, some pretty good guys uh, coming back. I mean, there, there's a kid, Nathan Eatman. He's actually from uh, from Montreal. Uh, big kid, six three, probably about two forty. Uh, he's a two way guy, but He's definitely got some uh, some Division One um, abilities, uh, projections. Like his proje- projections are through the roof. Uh, so there's one kid. There's uh, uh, Jacob Doyat, uh, who's uh, probably going to be playing uh, probably be playing shortstop for us uh, for us this summer. Uh, he had a bunch of offers from uh, from some D ones. Uh, decided to wait one year, and he's gonna. He's gonna finish up uh, his school and probably go down next year uh, to schools. But he's got a bunch of offers as well. Uh, Phil Donaldson, uh, he's a pitcher of ours. Um, a lot, a lot of our pitching staff, man. We, we got, we, we got some guys on the U18, like six seven, six eight, six nine. Uh, we got some big dudes, man. A lot of, a lot of coaches are very looking forward to seeing these guys. Um, uh, you know Daniel Acosta, uh, six foot eight pitcher, throwing throwing mid to high eighties right now. Uh, you know, so we got a lot of a lot of guys that are, will turn some heads. Um, so very uh, very good for the U eighteen. Uh, when you look at the U sixteen, like I said, man, there, there's a lot of talent. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, we we got a young guy, uh, Aiden Hardholt. He's uh, he just turned fourteen. He's he's uh, he's sitting low eighties right now. Uh, just turned fourteen. So that's pretty impressive. We got uh, uh, kid Tyson Lay, uh, Jordan Doyat, uh, Shay Kuyak, all guys that pitch and and play a position as well. But I mean, all these guys are are, are very very good ball players. And I mean, I'm just naming a couple. But I mean, from top to bottom, I'll be honest, man. Like these uh, both both groups that we have 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 talent that. Uh, I mean, their projections are very, very high. So, I mean, we're, we're very happy to have them. There's a lot of, uh, of very good athletes. Because, um, I mean, I could sit here and name, you know, all 36 players we have on the <laughs> because 
I just love what we have as a, as a team. But, I mean, just off the top of my head, the, the guys that are sticking out right now in, uh, in winter training and stuff. It's, uh, I don't know about the squad either, like you know, having you call out, call out your team. So No, no, no. I'm not, I mean, the guys that I didn't name, I mean, like I said, it's uh, – I wouldn't. I would not want to change our roster. Let's put it that way. Uh, every every kid That's on the good. team, every kid on the team, I truly believe have their have their spot, and they all have a chance of uh, if they actually do want to go to the next level. I I truly believe they all have a shot. So I mean, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very fun to coach them because they all want to be there and they all want to get better. So I mean, uh, it's the type of kids that we definitely want in our program. Now, one of the big things that I do want to bring up as well that a lot of parents might be concerned about is um, the student portion of athletes. Because um, you do bring up uh, scholarships at, uh, in, the, in college. And yes, baseball players can get full scholarships like football players and, and, um, and basketball players uh, in the NCAA, which we're seeing a lot more Canadians come up in those NCAA positions at, in the March Madness tournament, in the um, uh, national championship for football, baseball players are starting to come up a lot, a lot more uh, in the Canadian aspect as well in the, at the college scene. Uh, you bring up the education portion of it uh, because a lot more for baseball is education money. Uh, they don't get much more athletic money than, uh, say, basketball and football that get a lot more athletic money. What do you bring to the table in terms of the education uh, or the student portion of athletes for those parents that are concerned more about the, the getting a good education as well? I mean, I mean, you you brought up a very good point. I mean, we always tell our guys if if you're coming into the program thinking you're going to be a baseball player that's going to get a full athletic scholarship, I mean, good luck. Uh, it's it's one of those things that does not happen often. Uh, there's only eleven point five. Uh, baseball scholarships per team, and that's that's a maximum, right? So, I mean, a lot of times with, with coaches, and that's so, sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt, Rock, Just sorry to interrupt right there. You said eleven point five. That's division, and that's NCAA Division One amount of scholarships, and it goes down from there as you go down the divisions, and as you go down into NAIA, and then as you go down into JUCO, even more. It's that that eleven point five full scholarships. That's for Division One, isn't it? I mean, it is. Um, but it, like I said, it's a, it's a maximum because I mean, Division Three they don't offer any athletic scholarships. Uh, I mean, they do <laughs> offer some academic money, but no athletic scholarships. Uh, a lot of the schools, I mean, but the the maximum stays the same at the D one and D two level. Uh, D two level though, you just I mean, they don't give any full rides, right? So it's not even allowed at the D2 level to give a full scholarship. Um, so, I mean, and some, some schools don't give any scholarships at all. Uh, so, I mean, it, it all depends where you want to go. I mean, so it's one of those things where when you start up and, you know, you, you start talking about talking about college baseball and trying to, trying to get your kid a full scholarship and uh, you won't accept anything less, I mean, it's um, – to be realistic, it's not happening, right? It's then not not at the baseball, then not as a baseball player. So I mean, to go back to to having good grades, that's the number one thing, man. I mean, if you want to go play college ball, and you know, and not uh, have to invest uh, money to school and have to pay it back for the rest of your life, uh, 
I mean, you definitely want to have good grades and possibly get some academic money. Um, that, that's, yeah, that's we both know that. that that's, yeah, that's the way of doing it. We both know that that amount is – that amount of, for school in the States, for, uh, for university, for international students is – ridiculous it's uh it's definitely a lot of money man it's and and i mean i know our dollar is getting a little better right now but i mean it's still it's still a lot of money to give i mean even at the juco level i mean most jucos in in new york state if you want to stay close to home i mean you're talking about 15 to twenty thousand, right and that's american so yep. i mean uh yep. the more you go down south i mean for the most part schools in, in florida texas and whatnot it's a little cheaper uh than new york state schools um I, I have no idea why but they are a little cheaper uh so i mean it less taxes yeah it must be it must be but i mean it does it definitely does help uh but yeah it's uh it's one of those things man you gotta you gotta have good grades if you want to try to go to a school and i mean the better grades you do have the more opportunities you're gonna have as well right i mean you don't want to cut yourself short with uh, with grades and not being able to get into a school because your grades aren't good enough. So, I mean, you want to have every opportunity possible out there. Uh, so, I mean, getting good grades is number one. Perfect. Now, um, a couple things. Uh, one, one last question for you, and we're going to keep this uh, brief. What is the one thing that you wish the city – that you would want from the city to – improve for baseball in Ottawa? Oh, my. You kept, you kept the best question for last. <laughs> um, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, I love it. Uh, it's a little bit of um, a touchy subject okay, when it comes to what I believe is the best thing and what other people believe. But I truly believe that baseball in Ottawa is a little, little upside down with the way they do things. Um, in a sense that there's, there's not a standard way of um, of recruiting players or getting players to play on a certain team. Um, if you look at hockey, I mean, hockey, when you get to a certain level, there's a draft, right? You want to go play uh, midget AAA, uh, there, there's a draft or there's, there's you know, walk-on tryouts. Um, so, so players are actually asked to go to certain teams and the teams have their rights for a certain amount of years. Um, in baseball, there's absolutely none of that. Okay, and that's where yeah, I think that's where there's a lot of a lot of problems occur in on the amateur scene in Ottawa is because everybody's doing the thing everybody's doing their thing that they believe is the right thing to do. Okay. So I mean I remember I remember being a young guy and uh, at that time I was you know receiving letters in the mail because social media wasn't existing, but uh, so I'd received some letters in the mail to go to trials for certain teams, right? So I remember from 14, 18, every year I'd receive three or four letters from different teams asking me to come try out for them. And uh, I thought it was the best thing in the world, man. I mean, you know, if you got, if you got four teams asking you to come try out, it's because they probably think you're, you're a pretty good ball player. Right. So, I mean, I was, I was happy yeah. with getting, you know, getting asked to come out. And I thought it was, it was awesome. Um, these days, I mean, if you, if you ask a kid to come try out who's playing on another team, um, it's it's not seen like it's the right thing to do. Um, I mean, or you got coaching too. You got that, that was one of the big things that happened when I was uh, growing up between the Knights, the the Bunnies, and uh, and ONC. You had poaching going on. Oh, you your buddies are over here. You didn't make the team last year, but we see you're actually good with the Knights. 
that's that's you want to come play with your friends like you had poaching going on like i i agree with you on that honestly. yeah so it's one of those things where i mean i believe baseball in ottawa if, if things are going to be done right there has to be a, a like a certain standard right so i mean that's i think that's a big difference between uh ontario baseball and baseball in quebec i mean baseball in quebec everything's appearing right? yeah and I believe Ontario. If there's one thing that could be changed, it would probably be that. If, if it was going to be, if it was going to get better. So I mean, I, uh, I I've approached teams in the past in the in the region, and people seem to want to just keep doing the way, you know, keep things the, the way they are, and they want to keep uh, keep moving forward the way that things are going right now. And I mean, I don't think it's going in the right direction, but I mean, I think it's gonna. Well, hopefully, things change in the near future. So I mean. What what I've brought up, and I'm happy to have this platform to actually talk about it um, in front of everybody. But it's uh, what I believe should happen is when you standard standardize things is every program's unique in the city. So why don't we have an information night where all the top teams show up and we're sitting in front of a panel and you got all the parents that want to put kids into into different programs. And I think every team should try to just sell their programs. Right? We're all doing something different. So you sell your programs and then the well, parents, well, that's, that's what I'm hoping this is Yeah. So I mean hopefully the kid and the parent can actually sit back, listen to all the programs, and then they can make an educated decision on where they should go. Right? Because I mean in the end 100%. in the end, this this is an investment for the parents, right? I mean, if you're gonna put a kid in elite level travel ball uh, starting at the age of fourteen and he's gonna stick around until he's eighteen, well you're talking about five years of investments. So I mean, you gotta you gotta make sure yeah. you're making the right decision, and uh, I'm not I'm not and that's five years of vacation days too. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that you know the the Reds are the best program. What I'm saying is, I think every program will fit uh, different players. So I mean, if if our if our program is not the right fit for a certain player, well, I mean, the Knights are probably a good fit for another player, or same thing with ONC or Watson yeah. or whatnot, right? So I think every program. Is, is built differently, and I think every program can help uh, different players in the city. So I, I just think that it's got to be done 100%. in a standard way. And, I mean, another way that we can help each other out is instead of having tryouts at different times and, uh, you know, trying to sign a player before another team has a shot of signing another, another player, I mean, why don't we have tryouts all in the same week? And uh, then there's a, a drop-dead date for uh, any any teams to sign a player. So every every player has a, an opportunity to try out for whatever team they want to try out for, right? Uh, 100%. I, I, think, I think you're right on, on, on the money with that. Like having a standardized system here in Ottawa to be able to um, make everything fair for that, that's a great uh, great idea. And, I, and I'm hoping that this podcast would, uh, will allow for parents to hear the different organizations that we have in Ottawa and make that educated decision as to what the right fit is as more teams and more organizations come up. Um, so we are running out of time here. So I'm going to go quickly over um, a, a rapid fire uh, for you here. Rock. Um, so just going over some quick questions, you're going to tell, give me a quick um, answer about what, what you think uh, on this. Okay. So what's your favorite flavor of Spitz sunflower seeds? Barbecue. Uh, double bubble. Grape. Uh, uh, ballpark. Or professional. RCGT. 
MLB. MLB. Uh, probably Wrigley Field. Uh, player growing up. Tim Raines. Uh, the DH rule, yay or nay? Yay. Uh, for or against written rules, unwritten rules? For. I'm, I'm old school. Uh, for or against the shift? Against. Yeah, it's in here. You're against the shift? Yeah. All right. So that... That's it right there. So the two the two last ones I want to bring I, I want to say that yes, I'm also old school. I'm for the unwritten rules. However, some of them I feel like what Tatis is doing right now it, it is good for the game. Um, there's some unwritten rules that I think that are too old school. Um, I'm I'm a fan of the American League. I agree with you. It's but there's some things that are too old school for me, like the bat flips and stuff like that. Like that makes the game exciting. That's drawing the kids in and increasing the level for your programs. Um, and I, and the shift for me, do whatever you want. They're professional baseball players. They should be able to hit the ball the other way. Yes. Yes. That, that I just don't get, but a hundred percent, hundred percent on board. All right. Um, once again, that was uh, let's say game of the Capital City Reds founder and president. Thank you again for joining me on my first ever podcast. That was fantastic. Um, can, quick one minute plug. Uh, where can everyone find you? Uh, CCRedsBaseball.com. Uh, um, all our information or contact infos there. Uh, don't don't be shy to reach out. Um, Every coach, I mean, we're, we're definitely available at any time to, to answer questions. Um, what we like to do as well, if a player is interested in just coming to watch uh, watch a practice and uh, maybe just get uh, get on the field with us a little bit and get to know what we're all about, I mean, we're definitely uh, definitely open to different things. But uh, don't be shy to reach out. Uh, available anytime. Thank you so much, Doc. Uh, have a good one. Once again, that was Ruck Seguin of the Capital City Reds. Thank you so much for joining me, Ruck. Um, definitely some great points that were brought up by him, um, especially with uh, the whole standardization of uh, recruiting players here in Ottawa. That's a great idea from him, um, having a draft or something similar to what the local teams do for hockey um, and getting that done. And distributing the players that way, or at least a um, standardized tryout period um, and lock-in period for signing players. That is a great idea because, like you said, it is an investment that you are doing for these kids and in their future, um, as well as your planning as parents, planning your vacation, figuring out which organization suits not only um, you, but also uh, the player. Uh, and getting them in the right organization. So some great points brought up. Thank you so much, um, Rock, on that. And that's something I'm going to try and do with every podcast is uh, reach out to the local baseball community, local baseball team, so that everyone knows what's what's out there and and knows where to where to go. Because that there's a lot of talent pool. It's very much similar to the CCHL and um, in that respect, where you've got these great local talents. Uh, and talented players that come out and 
play and enjoy the game and work to go to the next level. It's great talent, great play, great uh, baseball. Last segment here uh, for you guys is the tips. Uh, what drills can your young players do uh, in these COVID times when you're stuck at home? So one of the big things that I can say uh, is working very easily. Uh, all you need is a ball and a glove. You can do this in the wintertime. You can do this during the lockdown period that we're currently in here in Ottawa. Uh, just grab your glove, grab a ball, throw the ball up in the air, catch it, work on getting that, that four-seam grip in your uh, hands for uh, fielders. Every position that you're at, when you're throwing the ball to first, when you're throwing the ball to second, when you're throwing any base out there, you want to have that four-seam grip. So the quicker you can get that four-seam grip and the more you can get that muscle memory to automatically feel that four-seam grip is good practice to do, is a good thing to do because you spend less time thinking about what grip you have. So toss the ball up, catch it, Transition the ball whichever way you are. If you're a catcher, go right to the ear. If you're a fielder, go to through your progression. Get that four-seam grip. Work on the progression that you're on while you're sitting down, your upper body progressions, and get that four-seam grip in that time frame that you have to have it. If For a catcher, going from pop right to the ear. Very easy thing to do. Um, if For hitting... That is an easy one. Grab a uh, used paper towel roll. Go in front of a mirror. Work on your progressions. Going through the motion. Go, building that muscle memory so that when you are on the field, you spend less time mm -hmm. thinking and more time seeing the ball, hitting the ball. Those are two easy drills that you can do to prepare yourself for the season while you're in lockdown when you don't have that time to go to the gym and work out to go out to the field to hit BP to go out to the field to work on throwing and fielding those are two easy drills that you can do while watching TV going in front of a mirror with a used paper towel roll go through progressions throw a ball up in the air catch it go through your upper body progressions very easy to do build that muscle memory work that way That's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for joining me today on six one on the first episode of Six One Three Baseball. Um, stay tuned for more to come. You can find me at Six One Three Sports on Twitter, um, and these podcasts will be available on all the major platforms. Once again, thank you so much. See you next time.